0: I have a question. I've, Todd might not want me to go uh, after no, this. No, I, I really don't want him to go <laughs> to Yes. I
1: see it. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I've worked really hard to get all those people out of my shirt. <laughs> oh my and
1: I don't want any. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, everybody,
2: welcome to Bros Babbles and Beer. It's Jeff. It's episode 188. Zach, how's it going? Great. Wow. Uh, right to the point. Andy? Greaterer. Scotty? Greatestest. I'm doing fantastic. Nobody asked Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was fast. That was the most fastest of all the intros. Yeah, the one word, we weren't prepared. It left Great. us with too much room. Swell. Good. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Uh, I guess let's just start it off with the uh, basics here. Zach, Crater, what are you drinking? Uh, it's a classic
3: Alpine beer gets mentioned a lot because we have it a lot and we drink it a lot and it's delicious. And this one is the Nelson Nelson IPA that that's slight haze to it. Oh yeah. But mm. you know, hazy IPAs aren't my favorite, but uh, this has enough flavor, enough bite to it to satisfy my thirst for an IPA.
2: You should work for an alcohol review company because you just filled in all the gaps. They need more page there. So that's good. Andy, uh, Andy's dry. I am. I'm dry.
1: I'm dry this week. I'm trying to have no no booze this week. So uh sparkling grapefruit
2: water. Yeah, totally fruity. Mm. Uh Scott? Get the beechwood. Citraholic. Yep. You brought those. Those are nice. I did have a sip. Uh I also was going dry until I smelt the citraholic. Um <laughs> and we have a uh a special, special guest because uh it is finished. Mm. We have the great Todd Rodarmel, former pastor, fresh one day, former pastor of Mountain View Church here. And uh, just real quick, Todd, what are you drinking?
4: I am drinking that Citraholic as well. And how is it? It is citralicious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well done. It is citralicious. Uh, and
4: welcome back.
3: And do we get Scott? Did Scott talk? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Thank, Sorry.
3: You. Thank you. I love how I you guys listening. don't hear each Thank other. you. Thank you for checking and not listening.
2: I want to okay. make. Well, I yeah. just wanted to make sure.
3: I'm yeah. doing two things at once, and I suck at that. Ask Lisa. <laughs> um, but I did. Todd Radarmo, welcome back. Thank you. You cou- you were on episode 20, which was years. Oh my gosh! And years ago.
4: That must have been. Long time ago,
3: and then that was that at your place. It was. Oh my goodness! And a friend of the show, John Chapman, happened to be hanging out, so he he got a mic for a little bit. Uh, shout out, John! Sounds like a mistake. <laughs> um, and then also one thirty-two episode one thirty-two. Okay,
2: that's to one promote
3: really the Todd Rod God Pod, and that was one of Andy McCraw's earliest forays before you were an official bro. Wow, that was more than fifty episodes ago. Yeah, that's pretty good. But I do have a question. I know Jeff's got you got copious amounts I'm of lock, which is a rarity, but off the top, I do have a couple things Todd needs to answer for. So uh, Oh nice. We're rolling the dice uh since Get we didn't ready. sound check this, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Well it yeah, looks like, like it's happening. Todd, yeah. what'd
2: you yeah. shoot today in golf? Did you hey, keep score? A lot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a- that- Sounds like fun. That Why was,
3: did go. uh, God make Satan if he knew that Satan was going to like reject him and try to be better than him?
4: Ooh, that is such a good question. I don't really have a perfect answer for you, um, but as best I can figure, you know how every movie and every story that's really exciting has a bad guy? And then the good guy always beats the bad guy in the end. I think that's how it works. And I think God needed a bad guy so he could kick his butt.
3: Now, do you have any amendments to that answer? That was my daughter, Aubrey, and who is a freshman in high school now, which
1: shows the, t- the passage wow. of time. Wow, a long time and she ago. she had COVID all the way back then. I know. <laughs> Patient zero. <laughs> I could hear it in the background.
4: Oh man, yeah, I I don't know if I could do much better than that. I I I've actually been watching old uh sermons lately cuz I was you know trying to plan for Easter and Good Friday. So I'm like, man, I want to find the greatest hits and go back and see some old stuff and I'm mm-hmm. like every time I do, I'm like, damn, I was good back then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could redo that.
4: that was I was rookie kid.
2: of <laughs> the year 20 years ago. Uh
3: anything else? That I I asked? do have one more and this, this is this is the doozy. I love that you pulled these up. Yeah. I should I didn't have time to do actual sound bites, so forgive.
4: Um we'll slide it up and stand by. Here it comes. Not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So here it is. He is Taking a long time because he is waiting for people to come to repentance because he is so patient and does not want to bring all of the wrath that Scott has stored up for him to bring. <laughs> Did you say God or Scott? <laughs> Sometimes I get confused.
3: <laughs> Whoa. Scott is our resident wrath expert.
5: This
2: week in wrath news, Scott Holbert. <clears throat> this is just marketing to get Scott to come to Mountain View. I have a question. I, Todd might not want me to go uh, after no, this. No, I,
4: I really don't want him to go this. To <laughs> yes! yes. I, I've worked really hard to get all those people out of my shirt. <laughs> <don't want laughs> uh,
1: okay,
0: so first of all, next Sunday, now that Todd's gone, is will, it safe for mm. Scott?
4: Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. That's, that's up to you guys now. Uh, I don't have any control over that, that anymore. That is fantastic. I will not be on the pastoral selection committee or uh, choosing who gets to come. <clears throat>
3: Oh man, that was great. Good oh. times, good memories. Todd, we've been friends for a while and let's you know, let's get into this. And unless you guys had anything to say regarding that, we can all laugh about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's just to be laughed about. <laughs> the we've, gates are open, Scott. We've joked about that for ever since then.
4: Yeah. Well, about, not, comes not, up fairly often. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, the, the gates are always open and my heart is always open to you. Oh, thank you. But you can't Visit me in Tennessee, <laughs> <laughs> but my house is and property is closed off. Well, I was
0: thinking about moving to the greater Nashville area. Mm. So mm. it's pretty great. Yeah. Mm. Until I get there.
2: Okay, so Todd, I know you've been you've been on the podcast twice before, but um, you have a. I mean we're we're at the end of a twenty year run as the pastor at Mountain View Church um would you give us give listeners a just a that pre mountain view kind of that you have a story as the you know as a pastor you know trying to figure things out before mountain view and then maybe run right into the mountain view story would you do that
4: wow we're going way back <laughs> yeah <laughs> and make it brief All yeah right. <clears throat> well the short version is yeah i was was a youth pastor for about 10 years and always kind of grew up in youth ministry and loved that and then kind of fell into doing ministry stuff because went to school thinking I was going to be a chiropractor, but I wasn't any good at science. I was much better at I don't think there's much science talking. Talking. in chiropractic. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. You had to take those classes, but I, uh, I ended up taking lots of Bible classes and things and then ended up being a, in, in ministry. Loved doing youth ministry for a long time, but then planted a church before Mountain View, that was trying to reach people that weren't going to church. It was in a bar at Sloppy Joe's Bar in the Urban Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a cool thing at the time. A little sticky in the morning before church. We had to like clean up the beer <laughs> and clean the <laughs> sin up. All kinds of stuff. It was on the, I can't even, uh, there was Ugh, crazy stuff gross. in that bar uh, in the morning. But but it was fun while it lasted. But um, in the middle of planting a church, went through a a theological shift, partly because my mom had just died of cancer after God told her he was going to heal her. And uh, yeah, it just kind of shook up my faith about what hearing from God looks like, what God yep. answering prayer looks like. And so in the middle of that, I did what any you know normal person would do, and I went and planted a church. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, planted church in the middle of a faith crisis. I ended up looking for... Certainty where I can find it, and uh, the reformed people were very certain, and um, so I really gravitated toward that camp and um, kind of re-learned my faith in the process of being a young pastor of a young church in my late twenties, and uh, it was it was a wild ride because uh, as my faith was shifting and changing, people had signed up for one kind of church, and now they were in a different kind of church, and. I was getting more and more certain about what I believed, but also um, there's a certain attitude that goes with a lot of that that was not very helpful to church planting. And I was kind of, I don't think I was ever really a jerk, but I had a lot of jerky people in my church.
3: <laughs> yeah. And you had the, I mean you felt like you had the answers. I
4: had the answers.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, because you know, that's as most a, reformed people, they have good answers to questions. I they mean, have a whole yeah. book
4: of them. I mean, the 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 catechisms are literally questions and answers to everything that everybody asks. And you you pretty much can just go by the book and memorize it, and it works. It works as long as you stay in the system and you don't think outside of it. It works. And then, uh, yeah, so it worked for me for a while. But then, uh, yeah, then it kind of all kind of came crashing Fizzled. down. Yeah, for uh, for me. Okay, and the church, <laughs> the church died.
2: Now, do you do you feel that that was that the
4: church
2: God ordained church, that right? The church was tied to you, and you were Probably. tied to the church when you when you're like this isn't working. Then that was the end of the church.
4: No, no, it, it was more like, um, man, I had a team of people. I had a board. I had some people that were on board and trying to make it work, and uh, but it had just dwindled down to a small enough number that. Just didn't have the the energy or the money to keep it going, and right. so we just called it. And it was weird calling a church and basically, I mean, basically deciding when to pull the plug because I was simultaneously going through the same situation with my grandmother because she had heart failure and was on mm-hmm. machines, and we had to literally the same week decide to pull the plug on her and on the church. And it was just this weird parallel experience, and um, yeah, it was. It was hard. And, uh, cause it was my baby. I'd put my heart and soul into it and i loved love the people. And what was the name of that church? Mercy. Okay. Mercy covenant church. And it was about, it was part of the same denomination as mountain view. And right before we closed it, the pastor of mountain view had told us like six months before he's like, why don't you just come join us and we'll partner up. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. cultures are too different. It's never going to work. And then, you know, a couple months later he resigns and then, Couple months after I resigned, Mountain View asked me to come and preach for a few weeks while they figure out what they're going to do. And I'm like, "Well, I mean, maybe I could have a new career as Reverend Kavorkian. I can keep putting churches out of their misery." You know? <laughs> I'll lay
2: you gently down into your grave and walk away.
4: Okay, just so, yeah, so Scott, you have a mentor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: this is where this is where the so the so Todd, your humor is where I get caught up in a good way if when we're when we're now going to be searching for another pastor i'm like i I just want to be like could you tell like a bible joke just (laughs) tell a joke and (laughs) be like nope that was a bad joke you're you're not out who's the man with the
4: stretchiest skin in the bible
2: i know the answer to this one but i won't ruin it Wow!
4: abraham tied his ass to a tree and walked 12 miles (laughs) 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 it's incredible visual <laughs> That's disgusting. Junior <laughs> hires love that one. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> a, oh, he just said ass. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're so you're it's at Mount View, you're you're speaking, that you've taken the invitation, and now time is going on, and now you get you get asked to to be the permanent pastor.
4: I yeah. Of you. Well, all that time I was in the middle of um kind of deconstructing my faith while I'm moving to this new mm-hmm. church because the whole kind of reform thing was not i mean it basically it, the way it went down <laughs> the 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 fun part of the story was i was meanwhile i was still pursuing ordination in the evangelical covenant church which is our denomination but i was really struggling with it because the covenant is much more of a centered set kind of group where it's it's wide enough that it has a lot of people that disagree about a lot of issues mm-hmm. And it was much more liberal than I was on some issues, especially like, you know, one of the key things is like women in leadership. And I was kind of like, thought like what John Piper and those guys with the Center for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood thought at the time. And I was like, I don't, I just, I, I don't know. I don't believe in it. I love, you know, women. I think they're great, but I think the Bible is pretty clear. And I felt like I don't know how to deal with that. And so I'm I'm in, I'm in like the orientation process and the ordination process with the denomination. And at the same time, I'm, uh, I, I'm in seminary. I'd gone back to seminary at Westminster seminary in San Diego or Escondido. And uh, it's kind of the reformed of the reformed. C- can you school.
0: just for reformed, you mean Calvinistic?
4: Is that, that's Yeah. Cal- Calvinistic, but like Calvinists, but they would, if you're a Baptist, they don't really count you as part of their group. Cause it's like, they're really reformed. Like as far as like, they go back to the Westminster confession or the, the canons of Dort and kind of all the original documents. It's like, if you're not like buying the whole thing, you're kind of like, they don't even consider you reformed. They used to call me like the, the evangelical because I was part of the evangelical group. <laughs> one of those, <laughs> one of those. Yeah. yeah. And so um, he wants others to become Christians. <laughs> so, so when I, when I was at, when I was at the seminary or when I was at uh, North park seminary, which is in Chicago. That's our denominational school. We were riding the train into, into town at night, listening to the blues. We were talking, having all these debates with men and women about all of these big issues. But
3: you weren't learning from any of the women, right? Oh, I was was being
4: careful not to learn from the women. Actually, I was learning a lot from them, but at the same time I was, you know, going to school. I was going to school (laughs) at Westminster. And what had happened about that time, the passion of the Christ came out and, uh, Somebody had written, well, Rick Warren had done, uh, uh, had hosted um, Mel Gibson at Saddleback Church, and I went to this screening that they had for pastors where they showed us a movie before it came out. And when the movie came out, this this pastor from, I don't know, from Anaheim uh, had had written this, I don't know, we had this thing called the list serve. It was like an early version of a oh, blog yeah. or a, I don't know, something. The message board. Yeah, a message mm-hmm. board and, and at the school. And this guy had posted that there and it was basically all about how Christians should boycott this movie. And he can't believe that Rick Warren would have a Catholic in his church. And it's just, you know, ridiculous that they're making graven images of God. And, and I just was like, okay, I can't just say nothing because this guy was not at the screening. He doesn't know anything. And so he's just, he's talking crap with, on other people that he doesn't know. And so I wrote a response to his thing and just said, you know, basically, I don't think it's a violation of the first commandment and I don't, and I, uh, but what I do think is that his thing is a violation of the, what is it? Like the ninth commandment or eighth commandment. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor (laughs) and (laughs) kind of called him out. And it started this controversy in the school was just erupted into like, man, kind of like this really big deal. And it was all happening while I was in Chicago at this away on, on winter break. And it ended with the president of the seminary um, saying coming down and and like basically agreeing with the other guy and you know no said, more internet I should shut it. up <laughs> we're not having
1: internet anymore at the school
4: yeah. we'll fix this problem and this is
0: before twitter and- yeah, this is before know. all that this is before it all that it was a good
1: primer to get get you <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, ready to go for oh, the, all of
4: online interactions these days but what was crazy about it was that professors at the school came up to me privately and said god i agree with you but you can't tell anybody because I'd lose my job.
3: That's my favorite thing ever. And it was the it same time so that much. Pete Enns
4: lost his job at Westminster East, because mm. he had some ideas about, you know, Adam that didn't agree with the rest of the seminary. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's a, a an oppressive environment where people can't think and speak freely mm. for fear of censorship or losing their job. And that was when I decided I'm quitting that team and I'm not going to play On that team, I I appreciate a lot of the things that I learned there. I don't consider myself anti-reformed. I just consider myself post-reformed. It's part of my story. It's part of my what's formed my theology in a lot of ways. But I I feel like I'm, I've, I've gone beyond it. I've thought outside the box. And so, once you go outside that box of the questions and answers that they're asking, you realize that well, those questions and answers were probably really relevant in the 16th century, but. They're not so much right now. So
0: hmm. yeah, we, we've talked the Calvinistic side of the of Reformed, and I think we're all in agreement that it's not really uh, what's taught in the Bible, uh,
3: right? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm right. Not, I'm not there. I I don't. I hesitate. I don't know. The longer I live, when I'm so old, not as old as Jeff, that just tells you how old Jeff is. Huh? But um, it just, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not Reformed. the The idea of God ordaining, you know everything, including people going to hell. That I believe very differently about that. So, um, yes, I'm not reformed. Like Todd no. said, I'm not anti-reform. I guess in a way, I'm. I'd probably be a little more aggressive towards reform people, but not towards people, but just. I just totally disagree. Not people. Okay, great stuff, guys. <laughs> Anyways, Let's get back to Todd. No, hey,
2: no, so, uh, hey, we're having a conversation. Yeah, Jeff, well, hold on. Yeah, Jeff. I want to get through my... Few, I'm usually the one that derails conversations. I want to get through a couple of questions, and then we can you know, go on to whatever the heck you guys want to ask did, Todd and talk about yourselves.
1: I, I had a quick follow-up to that that maybe we'll... Unless you're, if you're on a chronological train, then I, I won't interrupt your chronological train. I do train. have
2: a little, yeah, it is. Okay. I, I
3: will mm. say I did I did in regards to the reform thing. I had a similar experience when looking back, I can see I, I, I dove into uh, Matt Chandler, like reformed, like powerful speakers that have the answer and they speak with such authority. And I got heavily into that um, before I realized like my faith was kind of on shaky ground because I was looking for a little assurance and, mm-hmm. and some steady ground. Um, and that didn't it didn't last very long because I'm the type of person that just keeps asking questions and keeps wa- wanting to push through. So you know ultimately I came out of that. But similar situation where you just if you're looking for certainty, they can they can help you with that.
4: Well, yeah, and you just shouldn't ask questions that they don't have the answer for on the little, you know, catechism. Right. If, if they have, if they have a question and answer, you're safe. Right. Like if you ask other questions, yeah, yeah, you might find other answers. Yeah. It's that then then it causes problems.
0: And that's why I like I like being non denominational. Mm. But that also. Turns into okay, if you're non denominational, then I thought that meant you didn't give any money. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No no denomination bar. (laughs) Well, it's like a
4: little, I'll take a little of this, I'll take a little of
0: that, but but then also the uh crypto, the the (laughs) pastor though can then potentially uh you know be the place in the place of that catechism, so whatever he says is like the thing, right? So you can run it, it's it could be a double edged sword, but I, I just yeah, I don't. I don't feel the need to be held to a a, uh, a Martin Luther or a John Calvin. Uh,
4: well, I, I think it's great Ed, to be Edwards. in conversation yeah. with all those people because they are our forebears in the faith. And so, but they all disagreed about stuff. And so to keep them as conversation partners and bring them in, awesome. Right. But I think any one of them, they, 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 they lived in a particular time and place and they had an impact because they were the people that were addressing the important issues in their time and place. But if you build your whole, you know, life around somebody that's time and place was 500 years ago, <clears throat> it's yeah. just, you, you miss a bunch. And so.
3: And no it's a, like you said, it's important to, I was just reading Jonathan Haidt has had some big article in Atlantic. That's getting a lot of buzz about why the last 10 years are, have been incredibly stupid. And it's mostly related to social media. But one of his points is like, you need to be in conversation with people that think differently than you. It will make you better and smarter. If you're just insulated to one thing, it's going to make you dumber.
0: And he said it more eloquently. Well, than that's that. why he has the heterodox academy. Right. I think right. is what, yeah, part of his Yeah, and thing.
3: progress yeah. progress almost always happens through heterodoxy. It doesn't mean being a heretic is always the, the way to go, but you always want to be testing things and... Uh, and I, yeah, I have a couple of good friends. Shout out Greg. He's pretty reformed and he's a great person to talk about God with and still get along.
4: Yeah. Well, Test it, me. It, it, and there's a lot of great people and I learned a lot from that, that group. And I'm, I'm not, yeah, like I said, I'm not anti, it's just part of my story.
2: Yeah. Love it.
4: Back to you, Jeff. Okay,
2: Jeff. Well, back to you. <laughs> he so was shaking. So now we have, now we have 20 years of Mountain View. Yeah. And what has... is you look at the breadth of Mountain View Church and your time, um, your family's time there. And when you look back, what has been the most challenging part of 20 years as the pastor of a church? And what has been, if you can sum it up, the greatest success or successes if you need more than and one. who's
1: been your favorite stakeholder? <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll, we'll edit that out for real.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's hard to kind of sum it up that way. But I, I would say...
2: Okay, how about Im- impact? What is What has been the overarching theme of Mountain View to you? Like, this is what Mountain View was, is...
4: You know, I, I, I mean, I think we talk a lot about that idea of home for the wanderer and rest for the weary, but I think that's been a... It became a slogan or our vision statement because it was just what was happening. And there are a lot of people that were burned out on trying to please God, working hard for God, whether in professional ministry or other things that have found a place to rest at Mountain View where it's not driven by performance and um, producing, but it's a place where you can rest in the, the grace of God and the presence of God and not, feel like you have to perform all the time. And then other people that I've been wandering and have no faith, no um, background. I, 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 One of the cool things about this week, hearing kind of getting notes from people and like hearing testimonies of people in the last weeks, it's like the best testimonies that have been meant the most to me are these people that say, I had given up my faith and walked away from it and somebody brought me to Mountain View. And over the last couple of years, God has reignited my faith and drawn me to himself. And I'm just so thankful to you because you saved my faith. And I'm like, I love that because Mm -hmm. I just think there's, there's a lot of people that are giving up on Jesus because they think he's somehow associated with, well, I mean, evangelicalism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or any um, particular group.
4: Or any particular group. I mean, just people are burned on a lot of things. But I think when they encounter a God who looks like Jesus, they're like, oh, you mean, wait a minute. No, God could actually be like Jesus. I mean, I know Jesus is cool, but his dad's kind of a dick, you know? I mean, that's <laughs> kind of how a lot of people think. And it's just not that way. Jesus is the perfect representation of what his dad's like. And... Um, of what the Father is like, what God is, and so God's skin suit—is that okay, Scott? <sighs> I
0: will accept it partially. Well, wow. I, I had a—I <laughs> I, I, will—I will argue with it,
4: but that, we'll get that later. <laughs> I
2: had a woman come come up to me uh, like I don't East, it. <laughs> after Easter service, and and say like what had been happening in her life this last month, and I knew, and I knew her. I I actually knew her daughter, and um, she just. She said she would lost people like in the last month and she was so angry at Jesus and like yelling and screaming and, and, you know, it's, and she's like, however, that's, what's brought me back to church. I thought that was, I mean, it's heart wrenching to hear the story, but it's amazing. It's like when people are telling you, you know, Todd, you, you've brought me back this acceptance has brought me back to church and back back to community and back to like just a place where people just love. And it's kind of a, so it's kind of like a feather in your cap type yeah. of thing.
4: Well, people go through terrible, terrible things in life. And in most of those, it does not feel safe. Church doesn't always feel like the safest place to go with your pain. Mm. And, It needs to be, you know, and, and that's one of the beautiful things about Mountain View is it's a safe place for that. Now, I don't think that's everybody's experience because obviously, you know, people have different experiences and somebody goes, no, I would talk to my small group at Mountain View and somebody said this because, you know, we're all people and people are different. And it's one of the things about our church is that not everybody agrees on everything and we don't all think the same way, but we value each other's opinions and give each other a place to speak. And so. Sometimes people like Scott end up speaking, and it it might not be great for people.
3: You know? Okay, Scott is still listening. Okay, okay. Well, I heard my
0: name. I sorry. Can you?
3: <laughs> Scott's like Alexa. He's not actually
1: listening until the name is called. Actually, always listening, yeah. not doing anything until hey. his name is called.
0: Hey, I'm full of grace and most importantly, truth. Okay. Mm.
2: <laughs> okay we, we True that so we might' we, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into some other things related to to mountain view uh, quickly and I'm not gonna go I had a few more questions but they can they can wait um you literally are on day one like it is finished as of yesterday
4: I turned in my keys today yeah really I, I did I turned in yeah. my keys today you give them uh, the
2: hand, handgun back
4: uh <laughs> no no they didn't give me a handgun no, all the security mean. team has that okay. <laughs> nice. which cracks me up that we don't issue them. Uh, We don't actually know if the security team has them or who the security team is.
3: Come to Mountain View, be a stakeholder. Get a gun. That's not fair, Southerners. I'm sorry. Uh, I can just say that Orange County
4: is way more conservative than Tennessee. So just so you know.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Nashville for sure. So are you opening opening the floor up? Oh yeah. How, how is it? Like, what is the, it's uh, day one. what's the feeling right now, Todd? Um, the vibe were you, I mean, playing, I, I was glad I got to play on your last Sunday, playing some guitar Easter Sunday, no less. And I, I was going to save, I'll save most of this for the end, but it, it, there is this Easter connection where, you know, you mentioned yesterday going through so much and like burying people, marrying people, like all the things you do as a pastor that are meaningful, that are going away. I mean, you, you dedicated my late son Shane on Easter. It was an Easter Sunday and uh, I think there was a couple other Easter thing wow. milestones for you. Um, yeah. And then you you leave on Easter Sunday. Um, but you know, I'm not talking about, I'll bring up my stuff later. I got something to say about that, but no, but it,
4: it is, it is cool. And one of the things that I, every time I go visit my family at the cemetery in El Toro, I think of Shane because we buried him just right near where yeah. we buried my mom. And um, my mom actually picked out the spot where she wanted to be buried because it was right near where the little kids were. And she's like, I want to be here where I can watch over the little kids. And so um, sweet, yeah, it was weird going to a cemetery and like, Taking a video camera back in the day when you had a video camera, not on your phone, and is like, "Okay, mom, here's all the spots." And then like, "Here's the caskets." She's, <laughs> she's picking, like, it picking out, out her own oh, casket, geez. picking out her own spot. And at
3: the time, you're still at the time like, "No, you're gonna you're gonna get healed." Like, well, no, was this, we, this was like,
4: yeah, we we pretty much gave up hope after yeah. at, at this point it was like she just kind of was in her last weeks, and the doctor kind of mm. pulled us aside and goes, "Hey, she's not getting any better. Just so you know, she's got maybe two weeks to live. You better." Wow! Say goodbye, and so finally we, uh, yeah, kind of came to terms with reality. Hmm. But yeah, that was a crazy thing. But but all all of that to be said, Easter is a great time to go out on because it's like the high point of our Christian year. It's a high point of the Christian faith. It's like the beauty of death and resurrection. It's like resur- I mean, it's like the happy ending. Hmm. So yeah, so I, I I thought it was great, and it was cool to it was a great time to go out because so many people that haven't been to church in a long time came back. Cause I was leaving and they're like, I haven't been there for a long time because of COVID or <clears> haven't, you know, even gone to church and wanted to come say goodbye. And I don't know, hopefully those people will stick around and be part of it. Cause they remembered, Oh wow. I know, I know that was, was like for me coming back to church after, you know, we stopped for a while with COVID and everything. It's like, Oh wow. I miss this. I miss being together mm-hmm. and worshiping together and seeing people face to face and, so hope it was that for people and it, it'll be a, a good next season. I'm mm. I'm actually really excited for the church and what's next. Cause I really think I took the church as far as I could take it. And I was like, I could do reruns for the next like, you know, 20 years, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot more that I necessarily want to say than what I've already said. And so I, I think I'm going to do something different and it'll give me a chance to to do some other things that I've always wanted to do, like write. And so, and I get to be with my family. So that'll be cool.
1: And I feel like n- nowadays people don't tend to do one profession for 20 years. I mean, it feels like I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it feels like it's more the exception than, than the rule. And that didn't used to be the case, but it's not uncommon that people are jumping from thing to thing every two, five, 10 years or so. So, to do something for twenty years is a huge milestone. Mm-hmm. You're the last one. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> I know. i kind of a dinosaur.
4: I'm realizing when I keep telling these stories, and I'm like, yeah, back before we had, um, you know, Twitter or any, you know, was it Listserve? You know, back, yeah. back before we had cell phones, it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've been doing this a long time. And when I started at Mountain View, what's crazy? We were just having a conversation today. You know, when we started at Mountain View, somebody had sent me a picture when I went to Israel with a friend of mine, like in 20, 2009. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the year that, like, when I was in Israel, he told me about Facebook. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, what is that? And then I came home and told my wife, and she's like, that's stupid. Nobody will ever do that. Yep. <laughs> 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 yep. So, yeah. Anyway, it's coming back around. Well, Don't worry. People well, to are stopping your
0: wife's credit, <laughs> someone was like, back in like the 80s, they're like, Personal computers, no one's gonna have like why would people have computers in their house? Yeah. What do they need to do?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, something? and then the mouse was invented and people were poo-pooing the mouse. Like the mouse, what what is that? You just you have a keyboard. You don't need a mouse. Like everything. Any new thing. Change is difficult. So you you may have indirectly answered the question, but um, go ahead and give your uh, your young self some advice. Like what would you tell yourself now if you had to impart what you know now. Um, How young? On yourself. Um, let's go back <laughs> day to Day like, one Mountain View? I was thinking like four, four
1: years old. Four years mm. old.
3: <laughs> no. Um, quit quit <laughs> yeah. pooping in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You should be past this. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Day, uh, you know, as you're getting into like like full time or, or regular pastorship, not youth pastor, I don't know. Or whatever, whatever comes to mind for you.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that there's anything that I could have told myself that I would have listened to because I knew everything when I was young. Yep. As most young people do. Um, and you don't know what you don't know. And I, I can't even tell you what you don't know. So it's like to, to tell myself back then, I would say the things that uh, my church planting coach said to me, like, you will be broken. <laughs> I'm
3: like, and that's hey, still, the, yeah, that's like What does that mean?
4: I don't even know what that means. Um, you and know, you probably didn't believe him. Love, love deeply and hold loosely. You know, that was like something that they told me and I'm like, okay, whatever. But you know, the, the, the painful parts about ministry and the great parts about ministry all center around people. And Losing people um, to death, to leaving, to not liking something you did or said, mm-hmm. judging you falsely, you know, all of the stuff. And I guess the the thing that I would say is just like if I would have learned sooner to, um, to just in those times connect to the fact that Jesus knows what it's like to go through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he knows what it's like to lose people that he loves. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be, you know, misunderstood or falsely accused. Um, I More and more in my life, the, the empathy of God, knowing what it's like to be human has mattered to me um, a lot. And, and I've had more empathy for God having had teenagers, you know, and young adult children and storing up that wrath. Exactly. (laughs) Well, which, which is part of why I don't believe that anymore because I don't see God, you know, being like that. I'm like, my heart breaks for my kids when they're hurting and when they do stupid things that are hurting them and other people. And I want nothing but to, get them out of that and, um, save them from it. So, yeah. So, so I think that's the thing, like knowing that God, um, God was human. God became human because he, he gets us and he wants us to get what it's like to be him. And I, and I, when I, anytime my kids have, <clears throat> you know, done things that I don't want them to do, I'm like, yep, God, it must suck to be you because all your kids know <laughs> they all listen to you over and over. <laughs> over, and, over. <laughs> and, and it's like, and, and people that make it as if, oh, I'm a bad parent because my kids did bad things. It's like that just throws God under the bus. Like he's a bad parent because his kids like, duh, right. like, yeah. Y- yeah. you don't have any control over your kids. Neither does God. And, uh, you know, so and which is, again, a reason why that whole God's in control of everything is just stupid.
0: Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the few times I was allowed to go to Mountain View was inc- <laughs> incidentally, uh, you weren't there. And
5: that's why. That's why you were able <laughs> yeah. to sneak in. Yeah,
4: I got that's all the security right guys at the doors.
0: Uh, and and uh, I forget how many kids you have, but one of your sons uh, was was giving the message that day. Yeah, I think it's, I, I don't know if it was Zach. Zach. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he told a story about one of the times he got in trouble, and you were gonna spank him and um, so I don't know wherever you went in the, one of the rooms and then you told I, and I'm paraphrasing here but essentially you told him I'm going to spank your brother instead yeah you told you told him five. he'd sit down and then he knew he knew he was going to get spanked but you told him sit down and then you like kind of uh, lay on his lap, and you said, "Okay, spank me," like you're. So you you were taking the punishment for his sin. Let's just say, mm-hmm. um, I, I, that was that was a. I mean, that was a that's a that's a powerful that's powerful imagery of of um, uh, you know what what Jesus did, you know, or what you know what the Father did, sending His Son. Mm-hmm. Um, to all these, all his children that rebel against him. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, yeah. thank you. I, 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 think it was, it was very powerful for him. He obviously remembered it. And I, it, and it's, and I think it's an important, like how I would phrase it differently. Cause even just this week on Friday, I talked about, I, I don't really buy that penal substitutionary atonement, um, way of thinking about it. Not because it's not, there's not parts of it that are in the Bible, but because as a whole it does set it up as if it's like, Hey, let's, I'm going to spank your brother instead of you. And it still keeps the father as dishing out what happens to Jesus on the cross rather than receiving it at our hand. And that's where I think that picture, like the God, the fact that God became human, God, the son became human. um, It wasn't that the father was dishing this out to him as much as that, he was receiving from us the full wrath of humanity and all the worst humanity could dish out
3: and showing us forgiving
4: us anyway yeah. in the midst of it. And, and I, I think there's something we lose in uh, the crucifixion. When we kind of set it up as like the father, you know, uh, blaming Jesus for all the stuff that his brothers did. It, it does feel a little bit, kind of icky and so i think there's a and and it it sends a lot of people running away from christianity because it's just like "Ah, that doesn't make sense why would and how is that justice um so yeah so i think that picture of him taking it from us instead of dishing it out to us is is a good one so i must have been pretty smart when i was young yeah
0: well i yeah i mean a mental I, or something. I, I even though I, I still well, no, believed I have,
4: in penal substitution at that time, at that I time I said it in a better yeah, way than I would. And I,
0: I have, yeah. I mean, I would. I. It's kind of weird to reject penal substitution when you're saying that Jesus took on that as, I mean, God. God sending His Son to do that, um,
4: and I, yeah. So I would. Well, it's messy, and 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 I don't claim to have a a perfect answer to it, and and it's not it's and, and even in in saying i reject it it's not like a i don't know it's not like all of it like one of the our covenant in the evangelical covenant church the the founder i guess of the evangelical covenant church was a guy named pp P. waldenstrom and he had this thing where he basically said oh wait a minute god didn't need to be reconciled to us we needed to be reconciled to god there was never a change in god god always loved us, his posture was always towards us, but he reconciled to us. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, um, not counting people's sins against them. And that um, that shift, he got a lot of criticism for it because it did kind of take a different angle against the penal substitution thing, but it was recognizing like, no, it, it, there was never a change in the heart of God. God was always for us he was reconciling us by the cross and yeah it it just gets messy because we have so much like stuff that we've you know when you've always seen something one way it's yeah. hard to see it a different way so it's taken me a bunch of years and i'm still not completely clear
0: well yeah so. and i'm and i'm i'm like separating like okay all this other whatever whatever else anyone whatever anyone else has said any theologian and the learned had have said about it and maybe added to it um uh, kind of putting that aside and so like us being reconciled to god is so there, there's a a question in there like okay what does that mean every everyone is now reconciled to god and then i don't want to like get off oh, i actually i do <laughs> let me rephrase I that yeah. <laughs> i want to clarify yeah i i i do want to get uh in i i would i would enjoy getting into that but we don't have to for this discussion but um God reconciling the world to himself. So the world needs to be reconciled back to God. So at, but at the cross, the question inherent in there is okay, what does that mean when Jesus dies for the sins of the world? Does that mean that at that point everyone is now reconciled to God or is that the path to reconciliation? The path, yes. Yeah. And so and so that's so it sounds what you're saying is like oh so some people might go, Oh, that's controversial. And then other people like, Oh, that sounds great. But it's still not answering that dividing
4: line question of yeah. like, that, what
0: exactly are you saying? I, and, yeah.
4: I love that you're saying that. And I, I actually am not a pastor of a church anymore, so I can say what I actually think. <laughs> yeah. Or the, or, or that, or that particular denomination. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm still ordaining that denomination, ah, but I don't, okay, so I don't, I don't think yeah. that's a problem. But, okay. but, but, but there is a part of, um, I don't know. And, 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 it's not for me, one of the hard parts about being a pastor is not saying everything you think, not because I care whether people like what I think or not, but I don't want to ever, I just don't want to hurt their beliefs or cause confusion where they don't need to have confusion. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but I do, the longer I have, um, been a father and grandfather, the longer I've been a pastor to people, um, you know, the more liberal I get with my idea of God's forgiveness, you know, or with my own, um, grace. And, and in that, um, question, like that's always been a thing that I I honestly struggle with is like, does God, did he forgive everybody? Like did at the cross when Jesus says, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Like, I, it was a pretty blanket statement and it was all for the worst people. And in that moment, was he, was this basically him saying this about all humanity? Like hum, humanity is killing God and God is saying, Father, forgive them. They know what they're doing. And Jesus is the the middle like bridge between the two. And I, there's a big part of me that thinks, yeah, it was everybody. But there's also other verses and scriptures that that make it indicate that it's like you have to Put your faith in Jesus. And so my if position- If you ask
3: forgiveness, then God right, is faithful. You, if,
4: yeah, God's faithful to forgive us. But but also um, just that, um, yeah, that, that there is something. So, so my position has always been like, I think what Jesus did is um, it's big enough that it includes everybody, but I think you only get to experience the benefits right now of it for sure. If you believe it, because if you don't believe it, you're still stuck in feeling guilty and feeling lost or feeling maybe shame or whatever. Maybe, maybe unless unless you think that there's no sin against God,
0: and then it's like, oh, you don't feel guilt or shame or whatever.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, and if you don't, and that and that's one thing. And the, you're a sociopath, <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> which do exist. <laughs> yeah. There, there yes. are very many, but um, but yeah, but I I think definitely the experience of. God's grace, the experience of the fullness of life in Christ only comes through faith. And I, if I believe by faith that Jesus did what he said he's going to do, then it applies to me. If I don't, then I can't say whether it applies to me because I don't believe it, right? So I don't know. I don't know what happens in the end, but I get to be agnostic about that. Not just because I'm not no longer pastor, but... <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I think I think agnostic is has become kind of a a dirty word, and I, I think it's my opinion that more people should embrace the idea of just recognizing like how much we don't know. And you can't. You, there's a difference between holding a belief strongly or thinking this something is true, but also recognizing yet it's a statement of faith about what I believe and I don't know it. Right. And um, it's also worth noting for people that don't know, like for a lot of people, penal substitution, like God sent his son because God couldn't forgive people unless there was a sacrifice. And Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Um, the perfect sacrifice that that is the gospel. And it's worth and that's kind of what I used to believe. Um, but it's worth noting. There's multiple theories about what the nature of the atonement is because there's a, a the Bible is, is clear in, in a few verses, but in different ways. Well, the Bible's that,
4: clear about what happened. Right. It it's not necessarily as clear about what it means, which it's is why theory. we have these arguments. Yeah. So there are a lot of theories or or not even theories, like models of the atonement. So like th- there's different words we use. Like we use the word um redemption, and it's kind of a word from the the slave market. Like if you buy somebody out of slavery, you've redeemed them. Mm-hmm. Um, imagery and, of the Exodus and yeah, and free, so the imagery of, of Exodus, slave, yeah. we bring people out of slavery. It's redemption. So what happened on the cross? Uh, there was redemption. Um, other people would say it's imagery from the the law courts and it's justification. God has declared us not guilty.
1: Yeah.
4: Wait, what and was that word that you used? The justification law, law, law courts. Court? Two words: law
1: court. law <laughs> or courts. Lockport, the Lockport. Lock. Thank you. Lock. I thought you said Lockport, which I thought was maybe like <laughs> a sister location to Hogwarts I think, in Harry Potter. I think it might be satellite campus. Uh, John Calvin went there. These two Citraholics <laughs> in, guys. Uh, <laughs> the Lockport. I had a the C La- plus. I had a C plus average, so I didn't get into Hogwarts. I had to go to Lockport. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> what I thought. You'll, you'll, get there one, you'll get there one day. <laughs> <a> shitty wizard. <laughs> a wizard community school. <laughs> That's a good episode title,
3: <laughs> Shitty Wizards.
0: And then
4: there's the the debt the debt cancellation right. aspect. Like your debt has been paid and it's been cancelled yeah. and, and that that's kind so of so all ransom. Those things, right. Ransom. Yeah. And and that was where actually the penal substitution thing kind of grew out of one of the earliest versions of the church. They had this idea of the ransom theory. I forget who came up with it, but but uh Anselm didn't like it in the Middle Ages and he did this um this thing where he said, no, it's more of like God's honor has been offended and God is infinitely honorable, so there needs to be an infinite payment against God's honor.
3: Because in his time... Because that that, was the thing. If you sinned against somebody of a high status, your punishment was much greater because of their status. And so who has more status than God? And And so so he he read that in there.
4: Yes. And so all of us are creatures of our time and our environment. And so the, the ways we view things are shaped by it and that's all right. It's how it is. It's okay. But as long as we recognize it and we hold it loosely to go, this theory or this model or metaphor is not the exact thing that happened. It's a way of describing what happened that works for me and makes sense to my people. So I use it now. It just happens that Later generations overturn earlier ones, and they call them heretics. And yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds every of every like, generation. Yes, right. it yeah, it just happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, and and what works for one age doesn't always work for another. Uh, but but that's where this word propitiation, and there's a word. It's in some Bible translations. It, it translates. It's it's a uh, hilasterion. It's a sacrifice of atonement in the NIV but it refers to the Ark of the Covenant and the Atonement cover. And it was the place where blood was sprinkled in the Old Testament sacrifices. And the blood was sprinkled in those Old Testament sacrifices for cleansing. And it seems weird to me that you sprinkle blood on stuff and that's how to cleanse it. I think that's like, no, that's what you got to cleanse it from. Like there's blood, we got to get it off.
3: Now it's sticky and smells like metal.
4: (laughs) Exactly. But... In their way of thinking, um, the life is in the blood. And so when you take the lifeblood and you sprinkle it on there, it's a way of um, just sanctifying or purifying or holifying the space so that you can offer this, this sacrifice. And so in some religions, they use this idea of propitiation that is a, It's honestly a pagan concept of, you know, in a lot of pagan religions, like you see this in the Aztecs and the Mayans, like sacrificing humans. Mm -hmm. You saw it in biblical religion. They sacrificed human sacrifices. In fact, that's one of the ways Gehenna or became hell is talking about this idea of where in the Valley of Hinoam they had sacrificed to um, Molech, uh, this god. They'd sacrifice their children. Even the king of Israel had But done when that. you say biblical, it's like it's, it's recorded in the,
0: in the Bible, but that was
4: always condemned to sacrifice their always children. Always condemned right. that you don't sacrifice your children, right. but they recorded in the Bible that a king of right. Israel had done this. and And that's another thing. Spoiler alert, not everything that's recorded in the Bible right. is sanctioned by God because he didn't say <laughs> right. to do these things right. necessarily. Don't, Maybe people yeah. thought he said to do these things, but no, nah, he didn't.
3: That's when my inner Scott, real quick, my inner Scott gets riled up. Mm. If somebody, I hear somebody say, it's biblical, or we have a biblical worldview. I'm like, what do you mean by that? Because
0: well, I, I guarantee right. you, we
3: have different ideas about do it, it. Okay,
0: so one of my pet peeves, I, 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 I watch, and not to derail this whole thing, real quick. One of my pet peeves, I watch a lot of like... Uh, like a uh, doom and gloom YouTube YouTube channels. And like, like these, these people are Christians and so they go, Oh gold, it's God's money. It's mentioned in the Bible uh, hundreds of times. And I'm like, Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So I shekels. Can... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about like a denarius with Caesar's, Caesar's head? On, on. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Why? It's biblical. Why? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think what I was talking about is uh, this idea of propitiation is appeasing a God's wrath and like, it was a, It's very common in lots of ancient folk religion that you know if you folk. He said. He said folk. Yeah, I did say with an L.
3: We'll leave the other one to me.
4: And uh, if, like, for instance, if it never rains he's and the rain Irish. god, the rain god is not <laughs> is not uh, sending rain, then we offer a sacrifice to the rain god to appease his wrath that he's withholding his rain. So that'll do it. And same thing with if if there's no fertility. That's why people sacrifice their kids. It's like, if I sacrifice my firstborn child, then God will give me more fertility so that I can have more children. It's just a sick, twisted, horrible distortion of anything that would be like God. But somehow it's made its way into the picture in Christianity where people are like, God is so pissed that he needs a sacrifice and he can't forgive He's just beyond it. Even though he tells everybody we should forgive our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, he doesn't do it that way. He has to. He's bound to make somebody pay. Bound by whom? Nobody ever really knows. His own honor, I guess, according to Anselm. Well, his nature. His nature. it It would be, that would be the default. It would be... Right. To say his nature, because his nature is just, and that justice means that if some wrong has been done, it has to be righted.
3: Yes. It's, it's, yeah. uh, that's yeah. why the Bible is still cool to me. Well, for a lot of reasons, uh, even though I've often wanted <laughs> You've to given throw, it permission, I've wanted to throw everything out <laughs> plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, I have given it permission, Scott. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it is that, um, there's, if you're paying attention or anything deeply, well, if you, if you just think about things, uh, Jewish people and Judaism didn't exist in a vacuum. And so if you're paying attention, there is a progression in the Bible of people that weren't Jewish getting called to something more. And, you know, you get the eye for an eye, Trump's favorite passage in the Bible. It's a progression from where they
4: were before. Yeah, it's way better than like you... Look at my eye. I cut off your head. Right. You kill my family. It was a slaughterer village. Yeah. yeah. I love Hammurabi.
3: Yeah. And so, and there is there is this concept, or if you look at Job's friends, you know they weren't necessarily wrong theologically for their time for interpreting what was happening to Job, and there is this sense of, you know, God does, God sends rain on the good and not on the bad, and then you get to the new Testament, it's like God sends rain on the just mm. and the unjust or w- whatever the phrasing is. There's, there's like this level up in what we know about God and what we can understand about God through Jesus.
5: Yeah. Um,
3: in, in my opinion, I know there's, this is potential for can of worms and I, I'm not trying to trigger anything, but that's where I'm at now. And too late. Yeah, Just the get... idea is, Scott, you are getting so mature. Like this is, so many of these things would have spun off into yelling matches years ago. I know, but, Scott, uh,
4: you're very restrained. I'd even let you come to Mountain View if I was still the pastor, but I'm not. Thanks, so, Scott. I can't help you there. No, I'll, I'll, I'll join you in
5: Tennessee. Uh, nice. <laughs>
4: <laughs> There's
0: a new neighbor down the yeah. street. His name is Scott. Oh God, we gotta go, honey.
3: But my big light bulb moment has been the forgiveness thing. Like, what does forgiveness mean? And realizing, again, in my opinion, that if if I forgive my kid, it's just forgiveness. I don't require anything from from them. And so why can't God just forgive? And it, and if it, something is required to get forgiveness, then we're talking about a different word than forgiveness. So Right. You, you
4: don't pay a debt and forgive it. Like, you do either or. Right. Like, I can't. If somebody else comes and pays my debt, that's not forgiveness. That's payment. I mean, literally, like if I, if I. That's not not necessarily true. We're here at Andy's house. If the bank, um, if like, let's say the bank chooses to, they can choose to forgive your debt. That would never happen. But let's just say they did. Or let's just say- it's the year of Jubilee. Let, let's just <laughs> yeah. say, you know, <laughs> Jeff wins the lottery and he comes and he just says, I'm going to pay off your house just because I want to. And so he pays off your house. The bank, that's not forgiveness. The bank got paid in full. They're like, we got payment for it. We're not forgiving your debt. We're receiving payment for it. So it really is problematic.
0: No, well, no, it's it's forgiveness to the the one who has who owes the debt mm. it's forgiveness to that person who owes the debt the payment the payment is something else and so if if sin has to be punished and righteousness only comes righteousness can't come by works or obedience to the law then the, then how, how is that debt of sin supposed to be paid and so God provides that that payment. For us yeah and so it's forgiveness it's forgiveness to the individual um, uh and and then that's the whole idea is like god sent jesus to be that sacrifice how how do we do we go oh well god would well one, one of the views is oh god just god does that because he's just trying to appease our uh uh, our wrong mis- thirst for blood our, yeah our thirst for blood our misconception of of god's nature but he sends jesus any he sends jesus to appe- to like to fulfill that but the only reason like for for us gentiles especially uh, uh living in the 20th century Did you say genitals? uh no,
3: you just did Todd Todd can't say anything. Yeah, I can say
4: anything <laughs> yeah, I want. Yeah, I'm not going to edit that. Not out. that I haven't said genitals or cut off your junk in church. I He's done that. Like that. Yes. Um
0: but th- but that uh the the reason why us or uh, or even going back to, you know, Calvin or Luther or, or uh Augustine or whoever, um the only reason why we hold to this idea of penal substitution or the idea that Jesus died so that we can be forgiven is because Jesus died for our sins. And that was talked about over and over by Jesus, by the apostles that like they, they are the ones that perpetuated this idea of Jesus paying the price for our
4: sin. So like, yeah, he, d- he died for our sins. That, that phrase is definitely in the scripture and repeated again. And so again and again, so I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think part of the problem is the mixing of metaphors. Like the paid for our sins is that like, you know, payment of a debt metaphor, mm-hmm. the, you know, died for our sins in our place as like a penalty. That's more of like a penal metaphor from the law courts. And those things get kind of mixed in together. Ransom. No, yeah. is, is that the second one you mentioned, <laughs> is, is that sack. mentioned That's my favorite in, word. in the new Testament? Um, as far as like, paid for our sins. The, the, well, whatever meant you meant, you yeah, like second. the, the, well, there's definitely the word justification sound. It, it, it feels like that, but the way you described, and this is what it goes back to. And this is why I said the thing about Calvin being a man for his time. And the, um, you know, the Protestant reformation, there was a lot of talk about justification because the, you, you mentioned that you can't by works of the law somehow, right. you know, approve yourself by God or whatever, like you can't earn God's favor. Because the, you know, Luther was a lawyer, Calvin was a lawyer. They saw everything in the words of the law court and in, in, in terms of that. And when they looked at the, all the Jew Gentile issues in the New Testament, they saw it in terms of, well, the Jews were legalistic and they thought you earned your salvation. And Christianity is like, no, God provided it. And so they saw everything through that lens. But part of what's happened in the last, and and this is the, the beauty of new discoveries in theology, like in the last 40 years, there's been a lot of discovery of first century Judaism that there were no Jews in first century Judaism that thought you earned your salvation by works. It just wasn't a category for them the way that those people were seeing it. But they were seeing it partly through law and partly through their argument with the Catholic church because Catholic Church was selling indulgences to get people off. And they're like, that's like, you can't do that. It's by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And they were right on that. But they were conflating the issues of their time and their argument with the Catholic Church as being the same between Jews and Gentiles and Christians, you know, in the Old Testament. And so the categories got mixed. And so that's why. It, but it's been embedded in our theology for so long that it's hard to sort that out because we use language and it makes us think certain things, but we don't we're not careful about how we sort it out, and m- many people haven't really thought through all of it, so yeah. it 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 makes it really messy. yeah Keep that theological scooter <laughs> train rolling. Hey
3: I'm glad you guys did that that was that was great. I have a little transition maybe. I don't know if it's transition, but it's a little... I mean, go ahead and do it. You don't have to look at me. I do have a couple of personal, I know you do. personal but, questions. How about real quickly? Well, real quickly, as a transition, we just opened a beer. And in honor of Easter, the, we're recording this the day after Easter.
2: What is, what is that beer? This is What uh, do we got here? It's Jesus juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael
0: Jackson's plan. No,
2: I mean, it, it, is an Easter, <laughs> it is an Easter beer well, because it has a just bunny a with the... Chainsaw, and it says bunny with a chainsaw. Bunny with the chainsaw, his cuteness will cut you to pieces.
1: <laughs> and there's a picture of an Easter bunny.
4: I, I'd like to try a little yeah, bit really of that. Double dry hop cuteness.
3: There's another one in here. If there's not enough in there. Yeah.
4: I don't need a whole one because
1: it looks like- Todd's not a pastor anymore. He can have he can have beer now.
4: Oh, well, I he, could. I, I went to the doctor and they said I'm alcohol deficient, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he- Wait, can, he I,
3: can I get the guy's number? He
0: also has a
4: baptism. Thing
0: anyway.
4: oh, He's got to get the words correct. It's first, in a jacuzzi.
3: So. I won't drown.
4: It's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talked about this a, a couple episodes ago. Um, and it, it's, it's uh, well, I'll just ask it. Since you can say anything, you get to, uh, you get to remove one book from the Bible, which one and why, and you get to keep only one book from the Bible, which one and why. And if you want to give a couple honorable mentions, we will allow it.
4: Dang. I'm not good at removing books, but um, let's see. I don't know. You could probably have uh, Zephaniah. Is that a book? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I think it's a book I probably never read. I mean, I read it cause there's a verse that gets quoted from it. That's kind of cool about God singing over you and stuff, but that's about all I know about it. And it's I really quoted in revelation. It. Oh dang it. Probably should have kept that one, but no, nope, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Cause I'm, up until now, if I haven't needed it, I mean, I, I've actually been having to make this decision because I have a lot of books and I can't take them all because I don't have room for them. And, uh, transporting them is expensive. And I'm like, what books do I really want and need? And I've had to be doing this with my library. And Wow. so I, I took a first pass and I took 11 boxes of books when mm. we moved out there. And then I had more room on my bookshelves and I'm like, I'm taking more back. So I've been packing them up and tomorrow I, I even have two or three more boxes that I can take. So I'm kind of like trying to find books that make the cut.
3: <laughs> do you have an example of one that you think is going to miss the cut, but you wish it didn't?
4: Um. Well, I mean, I have a, I have this big old, uh, greek dictionary it's called the Bdag. dag uh, i forget what the names are bauer somebody, whatever it's like kind of the standard of that's uh, like, from lockports it, it's a big deal it's a it's a big and it costs like 135 <laughs> bucks to buy and uh i'm like i left it behind last time and i was because like i have all this software on my mm-hmm. computer that i'm like i i don't need any of these books honestly um but they are my security blanket, and I'm attached to them. And I've read some of them. And, and they're really tangible. There's something about the tangibility. I love tangible books. It's a thing. I, they're surrounded by all my dead best friends. It's really fun. But, but yeah, it's hard. But I'll leave that one just because I said that for now. Uh, but then uh, if I could only take one, I'd probably have to take... Ugh, it'd have to be one of the Gospels. I probably... Ugh,
3: can I guess? Are you torn between...
2: No,
1: don't no, bias nope. him. Shut your damn mouth. Gosh. You let him answer purely. I'll, I'll, I'll,
4: I'll just take luke Acts because it's, and, uh, it's the one book yeah. and it's a <laughs> sequel. All all right. Right. Yeah. I get a little more that way. I would have been Man, wrong. It's a good. good one. I, would, no, I, good. I like John, because it's got a lot of good things. I like Mark. Uh, I like my guess Matthew. was
3: like you were torn between Mark or John.
4: Yeah. I mean, if I'm only in one chapter, Romans 8, it's my, my desert island chapter. I'm like... Nice. That one... Is really good, and uh, I could pretty much reconstruct the whole Bible out of that chapter. So that was so politically that, correct.
2: You're that's like, good. I really I like Mark, but you know, I gotta take Luke. I well, if know. I could only take one
4: person from this room, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be <So>, me. Uh, <laughs> people, <don't,
1: laughs> people don't usually judge you too harshly on choosing the one book that you like to keep, but what they will judge you harshly on is what's the what is the desert. Island album that you would take with you. And that's the one where people will really fight you on it. Inquiring Minds Want to Know. Yeah.
4: Desert Island album.
1: And if it's a Chris Tomlin album, I quit podcasting. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Oh,
1: while you think about that, I'd gotten out all my guitars the other day and I took a picture of them just because I'd never lined them all up together. Like, look, they're all together. I sent it to my buddy and he just goes, Are you going on tour? And I went, Yeah,
4: with Chris Tomlin. Honestly, I think it's actually Busted Stuff by Dave Matthews.
1: Whoa, I didn't see that coming.
4: Yeah, it's... Real yeah. fans call him Dave, but whatever. Uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. I like that album a lot. I have loved that man for a long time. And wow, I feel like he is my spirit animal. And um, that guy just uh, speaks to my heart in a way that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. So, And that album in particular is pretty... Uh, well, it's kind of dark, but it's it's a good album.
1: Uh Lindsay, my wife's best friend, one of her one of her best friends from high school has been to over 50 Dave Matthews concerts.
4: Yeah, I've only at, been to one.
1: At least over 50. That's a lot of money. Man. That's it's like I don't know if she's ever passed up an opportunity within the state of California to go see
4: him. That's amazing. Yeah, it mm. it it's definitely an experience. They're definitely a Jam band concert experience, kind of a band, and they're amazing. But that's cool. I didn't see that one coming. But I like
2: that. I like that answer. Yeah, you you won't get roasted tonight on that one. All right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Shifting gears a a lot. Um, Going back, a lot is over eleven years. Just being a believer, I've heard a lot of people talk about PKs, you know, pastors' kids, and also pastors' wives in in the Twenty years you've been a pastor at Mountain View. Has there ever been a time where your wife or your kids have been like, "Would you not be a pastor anymore?" Yes. And what does that? I mean, has the last five years? Okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All all right. Every
2: day, the last five years—that's exhausting. I mean, for
4: sure, the last three. But you know, yeah, it's uh, why. Well,
2: what's their reasoning?
4: There's there's two things. One, I I mean, as pastor's kids and a pastor's wife, I did my best to try to insulate them from whatever the thing is that people think like I, I didn't put any extra pressure on them. I'm like, you be you. I mean, when I, when we came to Mountain View, Tracy told me, what am I supposed to say at the interview? Like, they're going to ask me like what I'm going to do. And I said, just you be you. You say whatever you say. And she said, I'm not doing anything. And they still took her. And Then she came around and she was fully in and went to seminary and it's all good. But um, yeah, there's parts about being a pastor's wife and pastor's kids that I didn't quite see. And they're not about the pressure that I put on people. And it's not always about the pressure that other people put. It's about the pressure that they put on themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's about living in a fishbowl where, like there's something about the pastor thing that's like, kind of like being a celebrity but it's worse because everybody thinks like you're the savior or you are perfect and they love you and it's not everybody
1: obviously we let celebrities be dumb imagine a celebrity could be judged even
4: more <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's kind of weird like that because people just like they, they see you out around town and they're like oh, hey there's the pastor you know it's like there's this thing about that and then I don't know, and then if
3: you meet a stranger, and they find out you're a pastor. Instantly, they change. Oh, you, you're not just having a golf normal, thing.
4: Like yeah. every time I golf, like people I'm golfing with, and they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" I'm like, "I'm pastor." They're like, "Oh, fuck, what did I say?" <laughs> 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 they chuck the beer
1: in their head over their shoulder, really far. I'm like, "Oh, was well, that nothing? Nothing here? I was drinking beer." Uh, yeah, I would have had that. Yeah,
4: wanna. it's it's weird, and so that part is it's awkward, and even now, like. One of the hardest things about this weekend, it's like, it's honoring that, you know, like we had to stand up on stage and people clapped at us, but it's like, you know, when I mean, you stand up on stage and people just clap at you and you're like, it's weird. okay, I don't weird. know. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't just finish singing a song or anything like it's weird, but it's okay. It's just, and I think when your family is in it and they didn't choose it, um, I chose it it's just, it's hard. It's hard on them because mm. they don't, yeah, they don't always get the choice whether they want to be in a fishbowl or live that kind of celebrity life. They just are. And, you know, I know, you know, when they're around town and everybody knows their story. And then especially when I was for a long time, probably until the last five years I used my family's illustrations a lot mm. and I, I stopped doing it because they asked me to stop because it, it just, um, and I didn't always know I was doing it. I was kind of like, oh, how I, the spirit moved me and I just said something. You know? but <laughs> so there like, was a negative <laughs> impact in some form. Yeah, that, I mean, it's definitely a negative impact. And then when it's great, it's great. And there's times when all my kids were working in the church and involved in the church, and my wife's working in the church, and it was like, this is the life. Like, this is, I can't imagine having it better than this. This is so great. And then when it's not really like that. It's, it's hard. Um, and, and it, you know, it's just everything you do is so public. When my son went through a divorce, it was public and there were people in the church that were connected to him and that was hard. And then it was hard on that whole, you know, group of people and the way they were, there was a lot of people that were, I don't know, they were just being people, but it just makes it hard. And, uh, and then people do this things where they take sides and they get judgmental and that part gets hard. And, and you don't ever, you know, it's not like you're going to stand up and say anything bad about anybody else. Or you're going to say, stand up and correct people's impressions. Cause it's like not everybody even knows the stuff. So it's just sure. one of those weird things where the whole PR thing is weird. And then, you know, then you throw a pandemic into it and political stuff and it just gets uh it gets really challenging to be in the middle of, especially when you're trying to hold a community together that all sees things differently.
2: On that, did you think the church, do you ever have doubts that church might not survive?
4: Yeah. I mean, I don't, Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. So I'm not worried about the church long-term, but I definitely having been somebody that closed a church that I was (laughs) in charge of, I'm (laughs) like, I don't have the church in general is going to not survive, but, yeah, I mean there there were parts, Churches but come and go, they do. Yeah. But ours is really special and it's really good, and I, I think it'll still last. And it's a good thing. It's just it's really a lot harder to do the centered set thing than I thought. Um mm. Like I think I think I tried. I think I, yeah. I just I I thought that yeah we're breaking through. We're doing something totally different. But it's um people tend to. Tend to weigh their opinions and political things more than they do that centered set ideal of yeah there is a uh um,
3: without having directly had a conversation with you about this um just a side note during some of the um racial upheaval over the last couple or a couple of years ago um i I know a few different families that are on drastically different political sides that. Ended up going because you were trying to like strike the balance and like speak to everyone in a situation, do the center set thing as it applies to current events. And you just can end up pissing everyone off.
1: Yeah. By going, you mean leaving. It, yes. Yeah. They yeah, left. left. Thank you.
4: Yeah. Pe- people that were on each side of every one of those debates of the race thing, the COVID restrictions thing, the everything, like anybody that was on the extremes pretty much left. And then we were left with people in the middle that were like Rodney King theology. Like, why can't we all get along? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's kind of, I'm like, Oh, let's just get along. Let's figure this out. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was hard, but, and, and I think that's just hard on. And I think what's hard on my, my wife, for instance, or my kids is not that they are so worried about, but it's like they see the toll that takes on me mm. And then they're just like pissed at everybody because you know they get like kind of protective and yeah, you know. And when my wife sees me not happy, um, she's like, "I want you to be happy." I like Todd on vacation, Todd more than <laughs> I like Todd the pastor, Todd. <laughs> so you know, she's been pushing me for a couple of years to go like, "No, nah, I don't. I don't think this is good for you." Fast forward nine
1: months from now, <laughs> she's like, Wow. So uh you go uh, You want to go get a, you a job? Go, go get a job or something? <laughs> Cuz uh, you follow me around the house. It's Not working. <laughs> we see each other a lot and it's it's great. But I mean it's great. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it's really it's great. Yeah. I was talking with uh a friend of mine who had been a pastor in in Santa Barbara for a long time and was just mentioning to him a little bit about, you know, your story and that you're culminating 20 years being at Mountain View and Mountain View has is and has a reputation for for being a healthy church and having a healthy culture to it. And his comment to me was a big reason of that is because Todd has been there for 20 years and he doesn't know you mm-hmm. but he just knows that 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 doesn't happen by accident. It happens by someone's longevity and dedication to something for so long. That you can have a church now at twenty five years that that looks healthy and functions in a healthy way, um, and I thought that was a a really good, accurate way of describing that, and made a lot of sense to me when I heard that.
4: Well, there's something about longevity that makes, I mean, it just it makes for a healthy culture. It's like you can't fake your faith for twenty years. Yeah, it has to be real. It has to be authentic, and it's like you can only get away with. And, and I, and I think it's, it does a disservice. Like my, my wife, Tracy's grandfather was a pastor in the United Method or not the United Methodist, the free Methodist church. And they had a policy where they would move their pastors every like two or three years. Mm-hmm. Like they kept moving them around. And, you know, I guess that's nice because you never run out of sermons. You just keep repeating the same things you did before. Yeah. But I don't know. That just seems traumatic for the church traumatic for the pastor and it means nothing's ever gonna get past second base you know it's like we gotta we gotta stay in this relationship long enough in order to get beyond this and so staying a long time has been important to me and i honestly i thought i would stay i thought i'd finish out you know 15 more years at the church and i didn't i didn't anticipate moving so but i i've but i do think um yeah, I think the timing's right. And I think the, the church is ready. And I think I, I it, it makes a difference to stay. And I, I think people should stay. And I think there's too much disposable everything in our society. Mm-hmm. And like you scroll and you get bored with one thing and you move on to the next thing. And then yeah, I just think we need more long-term committed relationships and, And it's been beautiful because honestly, that's one of the hardest things about leaving here. Mm -hmm. I've been here for, it's not just 20 years at this church, five years before that, the church I was planting. And 10 years before that, you know, where I was a youth pastor in this community, like right, like 20 feet away (laughs) at a church right. right there. And I'm like, I, everybody I know, everybody I love, every place that I go, I've got like a thousand memories and a thousand, I don't know, it's just, it's deep, deeply embedded. And it's been a rich, rich thing. It's one of the most beautiful things about being here and what I've been able to do, but it's also one of the great things Mm. about leaving is like, it's all new and I get to go on a new adventure and I'm like, I don't know anybody. I don't know the places. I've never been there and it'll
3: be fun. Well, smash Cat to Todd. Hey, hey, um, welcome to um the greater Nashville area. We've got an upstart church that just needs a temporary pastor. The, uh...
4: <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a church right across the street from our house, actually, that Tracy and I are like, Oh, that seems interesting. They've got this this kind of vibe on it. it's like story time church or story something. I'm like, like life story. I, I don't know what, I story even know time what name shirt. Is. Yeah. Sounds like it's for babies. Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> seems like that, but, but it's kind of like a cool thing. Like, like, uh, we're really old. Uh, people. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been there yet, so I'm going to go try it out. I'm going to go walk across the street and see. That's great. But, uh, judge yeah.
1: it harshly in the corner, arms folded. I mean, maybe I, I don't know how I you could do this better. <laughs> That's the hard
4: part about being a pastor. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, you go and you watch, and you're like, ah.
3: Uh. Or or somebody that plays in worship when you go to yeah. the churches, like mm, it's tough not to <laughs> put the judgmental lens on.
1: What, it, I'm sure. Well, today you woke up and you were no longer a pastor. Um, it probably didn't feel like it yet, though, and I wonder. I wonder. I, I, there's no way for you to answer this, but it'll be it'll be curious to check in with you at what at what point. Like, how long does it take for you to finally wake up and go, "Oh, no, I don't have to. I don't have to do any of those things anymore." Or is that already setting in?
4: No, I, it's not at all setting in. I am still thinking about the church and what's happening next, and it still feels like my baby, and it's going to be a while it's going to be a while to hmm. disentangle from that. Tracy was saying, it's like yesterday, I don't know, today I was up this morning, like on my computer early and she was texting with a friend and her friend. And it's one of our mutual friends. Who's like, Todd needs a brain break. He needs to stop being on the computer. Like go do something in your body. Cause you're always in your head.
5: Hmm.
4: And that's true. I need, to just live in my body and that's why I'm my, you know, for this first season, I'm going to go build out this guest house at our property. And that's a great project. That's what I'm gonna do for the next few months. Your because, beard's going to get so long. Uh, well, it's I don't re- think it is because my wife won't kiss me if it's long <laughs> and I like, Yeah, I that's like a deal breaker. That's good though, because sometimes the,
1: that, the physical action especially one like that where it, if it's dangerous and you're like cutting things or hammering things, it requires a hundred percent of your attention Yeah, and you can't get into your head because if you do, you'll lose a finger or you'll smash something or it'll, things will go south. So doing those kinds of like labor heavy tasks can really give your soul arrest almost
4: it's yeah.
3: restored it's a tangible progress too like as you're going like you look back and like oh my gosh i'm making progress
4: well and that's the thing that pastoral ministry is so hard that's so hard about pastoral ministry because it's like you don't see the day-to-day progress it's always like sunday's coming there's another sunday like when sunday's over i'm starting to think about next sunday because i got a message to give you know, it's like you have a major presentation, a research paper due in a week. And you're like, I got to get this done. The clock's ticking. And, and then you have all the other stuff that's running the church and dealing with people's lives and their problems that's in the middle of it. So it just, that, and it's one of the reasons why I it's been hard for me to really write. And I have so many ideas and so many books and things. And I'm like, I want to write, but I I just don't have time because I'm, Sunday's coming and next Sunday I got to get next Sunday. And for most pastors, they end up figuring out a rhythm for that, where they turn their sermons into books because they write them out in full and they manuscript them and then they turn them into books and they pump them out. And it's awesome that they can do that. But I never manuscript things because I'm like, I just can't, it just feels forced. And so I end up just like going down to the last minute and then I just get up and just shoot from the hip and, Stay stuff, you know, like, and okay.
2: how many times have you ever just
4: winged it? I, I most of the time, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to some degree, I, All mean, right. <laughs> I win the pool. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like, I, I don't, it's not like I wing it, but it's like, I'm not, it's not like I'm prepared. I mean, every time they go. Hey, we want your slides in by Thursday and they want you to know what you're, we, I'm supposed to have a meeting on Tuesday and tell them what I'm going to say on Sunday. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to say on Sunday. I don't know. Sorry. I don't have any slides Sunday morning. Okay. I got, finally we realized like, just let me run my own slides. Then I can yeah. do them up until the moment I go on stage and it works out better.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good.
4: <laughs> yeah. But
3: that's, I mean, it's not like you, uh, You know, you've, as you've demonstrated here, we're just, we're having a conversation. Like, as you and Scott are interacting, it's like there's a depth of knowledge that, as a baseline, you have a nice foundation of stuff to pull from. So, well, uh, the the winging it thing is not like if I were to go up on stage
1: and wing it,
3: it would be very different.
1: No, (laughs) except that there is a version of that when we're playing worship, which is okay, well, I've over 25 years. I've realized that there's uh, – I, I now have a palette to draw from. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. So, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like,
3: yeah. Uh, don't – I did just, it on yeah. Easter morning. Don't just disagree with. I winged things. it. I winged it. I it. winged it. it. You <laughs> winged it. I it. Winged You winged it. You winged it. You winged it. I winged it on Easter Sunday. Mountain View Church, come on down. Samuel Capistrano, come see it. Todd's gone,
4: and, but we're gonna wing <laughs> <totally> it. regret <laughs> it. this. <laughs> <conversation>. <laughs> we're
0: literally winging it now.
4: Well, that, that's what people ask me. They always say, "Well, how, how long do you prepare? Like, how long does it take you to prepare a sermon?" I'm like, I don't know, thirty years. like i mean it's been in my head and i've been thinking about this stuff and mulling it over for a long time and it's like it's in there it's just figuring out what to bring out and the hard part about me is i have random access memory i know that's actually a thing but my memory is very random and i don't access it unless somebody asks the right questions and scott tends to trigger it and make me ask good questions. Wow, you guys Thanks, are, Scott. You guys might. Oh, you're welcome. I Wait. might
0: like you actually after all because you. Do you need help building out your you guest house? You draw out. No. No, I
4: don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could just park my RV. <laughs> you know,
2: Todd, you need oh to put the God. baseboard in just like this. This is all wrong. We no,
0: I don't know how to do out. that. So I'll be learning from Tom. <laughs>
2: Whatever. That's great.
3: Yeah. How do baseboard, like what's the metaphor connecting baseboard insulation to the gospel. <laughs> I do love that. Yeah, you and uh, Todd have got a little, um, little love fest going on compared to before. Is this
0: a spark of a bromance? It might be. Man, it might be. This
2: is the start of a. You had to wait until you had to wait until he left until he was Exactly. Done. I wasn't gonna say it in front of him. Dude, we
3: we are such good podcasters. Everyone here except for Scott has left quickly to go to the bathroom. And come back and it is seamless. and I, mean, I, I I dare
1: say, yeah, I broke the seal and that now I'm yeah, I'm in trouble. Mm.
3: Oh, so now you're going for round two pretty soon. Well, yeah. uh, Scott, do you need anything? It comes empty. The the
0: uh, is there another bunny chainsaw? There is. Ooh. Do you want the whole thing? No, it's no, double. No, no just uh, I can
3: split it and Todd, a splash. Todd might have a little splash too. Just have a splash.
1: I do want, I do want a little taster just okay because
2: uh, just a little taste. We can make that happen. Just hmm. a little. Taste of a tiny bunny. <laughs> Well, I'm. I'm. Gl- Here, give some to Todd.
0: I, I was thinking We're about Todd being God. on today, and I was like, okay, there's oh, some yeah. joke. Like, I want. That's I do want to mention the yeah. the whole. You know, me being not allowed to go to Mountain View. So I was like thinking, like, how am I going to work that in? I was thinking, okay, you know what? What's talking to say that's going to trigger me, and how am oh, I going yeah. to handle that? And and to my surprise and delight. Those were brought up without me having to bring them up, so I'm, I'm, I'm. That's that's been pretty cool.
1: Do you feel triggered?
0: Wow, well, I always feel triggered, but I, I at least Todd hasn't <laughs> said, uh, you know, before he comes back that where, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like a dog with a bone in my mouth. You know, I just can't let it go. hey oh, hey, Todd, oh, You're hey, welcome back. Oh, oh back. Hey. hey,
4: thanks, I'm back.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we poured
3: a little more <laughs> rabbit beer in there but there is it's Thank a good you. example of what happened earlier like we, we, we like atonement wise or what the gospel means is different like interpretation that's different and we don't need to go back back to that right. but we just existed like people have been killed over shit like that in the past mm. and we're still in the same room and we're going to go for a few more minutes so
4: no i mean they used to like the people that were like really reformed would drown Baptists it, back in the, the reformation. Like they would literally say, okay, you think you need to be baptized again? Yeah. The I'm going to show you what that Congratulations. is. Congratulations. I'm going to hold you under the water yeah. until you drown. You want to
0: be baptized again? All right. <laughs>
4: we're going to waterboard you. The, yeah. The
0: and Tiber. Or, I don't know you're if too excited God. about that. No, it's
4: crazy stuff that <laughs> brothers in Christ do to each other. Yeah. And in the name of truth, that, I wanted to correct you to so say impressive. brothers
3: and sisters, but it's, let's be honest. No, it was it's, not, it's there was dudes. no sisters. That's <laughs> all why dudes. I said brothers yeah. back
4: Yeah, because it was all brothers. <laughs> and was it white? And, and sisters don't tend to kill anybody. So That's you know, why I think women need to be more. And by the way, I just want to make a, you know, uh, a, a statement because I mentioned that I didn't believe in women in ministry back then, and I have since changed my position. I've changed my position on a lot of things, but that's one where I've strongly mm-hmm. changed my position, which is why... Zach's wife is one of our elders in our church and uh Yeah. You know, and our the chair first. of our church is Juliana Wakeling. And uh so Hi Lisa, have, Juliana. We have we have women in strong positions of leadership and they are very capable and actually better than us guys in a lot of ways. At some might say
1: they're kicking ass.
4: They're really some doing might. well.
1: Some might some okay, might say that. To piggyback on that, uh <laughs> I would like to know. Ah, uh, you're a pastor. You're not a pastor now, so I guess it doesn't really even matter. Not- what is one thing that that you believe that you think most people would think is crazy? And it could be theological. It doesn't have to be theological. You can just pick this. You'd be like, "This is." I don't say this to a lot of people. Most people would probably
0: think this is crazy. I think we should go around the room after Todd goes. That yeah, that's kind of. Mm,
4: well, yeah. why don't we start with you, Scott, because that'll give me some time, to I no, really. not sure how to say it. I'll answer that one. I'll go. I can't remember. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, so, well, it, yeah, theologically. Uh, or I, or I, anything. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of non-theological stuff, but it's, I don't really know if I. Contrails. <laughs> or contrails either <laughs> yeah, way. We had one of those. Uh, <laughs> contrails are real. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I can't think of anything non-theological right now. Um. Although I, I so give us a theological. I. One. I kind of hope the Earth is flat, but I don't think the Earth is flat. But I hope it is.
3: I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's you hope
0: cool. it is. Why? Why? Because I, I just think it'd be very funny for like the whole <laughs> <laughs> scientific, hey man, the Kyrie- modern scientific community, <laughs> like with all the stuff. Uh. And Ky- then, Kyrie was right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wow! Uh, I just—it uh, would be very funny and ironic.
4: Jay Z has totally
1: wait. You don't—you don't, you don't <laughs> got believe plot that That's to make a everybody belief. think
4: the Earth is round. <laughs>
1: yeah. You just think that would be funny. Yeah. I just—I you don't believe that though.
4: No, I don't. No, okay. no. But
0: it's like God's like it's in the Bible. The disk of the Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, The foundations—that means it has to be held up. It's yeah. suspended. <laughs> the pillars. Uh, but the theological uh, thing, I—that probably would. Make evangelicals upset. Uh, so, okay, two things, real quick. I'm kind of looking at the the whole grace thing, and then I I don't want to say too much, but we might need to rethink grace by faith, what that actually means in in the relationship to works. Um, so that could that could get me fired from whatever I'm doing. Ooh, is this it's new? This is new for you. Well, I've been thinking about it for. A little bit, like a couple of years. Um, but
3: not, so it is put, relatively new, like compared yeah, to a five, six years ago, podcast
0: Scott. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where you, Zach, gave, the ca- you gave the category, but he's reflecting for goodness sake. Put it so into I mean, a sentence is,
0: like mountains moved. That, that. Um, what would be the statement? So, okay. Yeah. So like a statement um, uh, uh, is faith. faith so I, it would, it would come back to the definition of faith. It does faith. Mean, not works. Does faith exist without works? Would that so be- essentially, like yeah, we just if we're just to quote James, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like why why do we separate so much works from from faith when even outside of James, there are a lot of examples of some element of because <laughs> I got to be careful. It seems to be some element of works and doesn't have to necessarily mean works of the law or works of the entire law, but. Okay. Scott, do you want me to answer that for you? You Go
2: ahead. Yes. People who are filled with the spirit Mm -hmm. do works without even thinking about it because they're filled with the spirit. I'm filled
3: with the spirit right now.
2: And those that are doing works and are constantly thinking about works and what they need to do. Mm -hmm are not being filled with the
0: spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the spirit? You're full of
2: the,
1: spirit. the life
0: that Jesus gave what, How do you do, what does that mean? I don't. That's my question. No, like that, that, that's the, found, so, that's like kind of the, the grounding of my question is what do these phrases mean? What does it mean to be filled with the spirit? You'll just what be is
2: generous it? without thinking about so it. So
0: that's a work. Yeah, but you won't. But because, because you're filled with the Spirit, you're
2: not thinking about it.
0: No, whether you're thinking about it or not, it's still. It's like it, the you, right hand,
2: the left hand. I. Thanks, how, Scott.
0: how you just define being filled with the Spirit tant, tantamounts to a work. The the being filled with the Spirit is but made up of, people of works. that go out of their way to how do you just works.
2: Define. Put and your the, gloves on, man. Specifically, because well, it says in I, so to be like morally good and ethically right, and mm-hmm. I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to uh, have salvation. Or? Right.
0: So before getting to any um, like like number of works or anything like that, it's just just like that kind of basic. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to have faith? What does it mean to be obedient to God? the the answer to those questions would it would seem to me is the definition of faith but you can in those definitions works are involved so what degree to to what degree do works play into Faith, I really hope I said that. Okay, logically, Scott, yeah.
3: Scott, Scott. Though I appreciate <laughs> the fact you are thinking outside of the Scott box in your own way. You know, this is a, a little bit new, relatively, and yeah. okay, that's good. Yep, I, so, I
2: think yep. in the interest of time, like we're yeah, yeah. We'll the going. Scott box is expanding. It's not out of the Scott box. <laughs> the, it's getting bigger. For box sure. <laughs> his, oh,
4: okay. Yeah, his, I appreciate that. Bigger box. Get a yeah. bigger box. Get you a got a bigger, bigger box. box. Good job. More Scott. books. More books. I like it. I got some books you can borrow if you want to borrow. Man, Put them in, me, in your I'm box. To get rid of books. Mm, yeah, yeah. Good
2: <laughs> Greek BDAG. dag. Mm. Yeah. All right.
4: Driver.
3: Who else?
1: Who else has a, has one? Andy, what was the question? Can you rephrase it for me? Oh, what's <laughs> something? What's something that you believe that you think other people would think is kind of a crazy thing?
3: Oh, that's easy for me currently. And again, this is held loosely. Caveats. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, most people have this idea of heaven and hell and it's it's a separate separate thing and um, I think the thought experiment of heaven and hell being the same but how you experience um, how you experience eternity, let's just say uh, depends on your perspective in relation to the unrefined or the the pure love of God. And so for some people it's gonna be as as Paul said, it's gonna be a burning off or whatever paraphrase of like, You know, everyone's refined by fire and some some are scathed more than others. I'm butchering that. You guys can correct me. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But, and I know he wasn't talking about that concept for sure, but um, that uh, I I am a a very hopeful, if I am a Christian, I'm a hopeful Christian universalist because I'm I'm pretty agnostic about things. I'm utterly convinced in the nature of agape love, uh, changing the world and saving the world. And so in that way, and that's who I believe God is. So
0: in I'm, one I, sentence, I think i
3: orthodoxy. Oh, everyone goes to heaven. Everyone's <laughs> and <laughs> hell. All dogs go to heaven and hell
5: <laughs> What's
3: that? and hell. Everyone goes to hell too. Well, it's the same place. So it's how, it's it's, how you, pers- it's your perspective, t- uh, t- in relation can, to the pure love. Can God. I, uh, so it-
4: I'm trying to understand. This so
3: is, I understand. I totally get it's it. It's like
4: for some people, being on this podcast is heaven and for others, yeah. it's yeah. hell. Yes. It's their worst nightmare. No, so and, let's go around and, and so to Todd, for Todd. For well, Todd, it's
3: yeah. both, depending yeah. on the moment in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> whoever's taught, whoever's, yeah. depending whoever's on his relation to, the, yes. Yeah.
0: That's good. So um, whatever, whatever anyone experiences, it could be heaven or hell for them in this life or in the afterlife. Yeah. Well, this by life faith. is
3: easy. We, yes, by faith. In this life, it's easy. Like, we create hell all the time, and we're good at that as humans, and we also create heaven or have the ability to bring a little taste of heaven on earth. Um, but in terms of eternity, most people think, oh, go to heaven when you die, or you go to hell when you die, or, you know, if you have some sort of belief in God. If you're an atheist, I can't speak to that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly universalistic in my thinking, and that doesn't mean that sin doesn't have its own consequences. Hence, heaven and hell you're going to be around people that um that you all wouldn't right. expect to see. Yeah. Good. So I think it was a good answer cuz most people would hear that and think, "Wow, that is not anything ever for all time." Yeah. And it and it might not be, and I'm okay with or that. Or the
0: conflation of this life or the in the afterlife. It might life, not right? be, but I'm
4: proud of you. I'm proud of you that you've listened to me for all these years and somebody picking up what I'm putting down. So <laughs> I'm not saying that I agree with your statement because I'm too close to being the pastor of a church to actually oh, okay. say that I agree with you. But I I, I, I definitely it. like I what, it. like where you're going with that.
3: I get it. I like it. Yeah. Because yeah, C.S. Got, Lewis we've...
4: said basically the same thing. So just so you know, you're in good company.
3: Okay. Actually, I didn't know that.
1: Well, actually, I might have. He's probably kind of, in there somewhere.
0: Well, so yeah. Again, the conflation of heaven, of afterlife, and this life. But yeah.
1: we'll do that okay. in another yeah. podcast. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, we'll solve I, hell later. I don't think that. <laughs> Tupac, Biggie, Chris Farley, or Phil Hartman are it. dead. I don't think any of yes. them are dead. I think they're all. I think they're all alive and they're all living. Are they with Elvis? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know about Elvis, but I'm what gonna, about JFK? I'm JFK,
0: June, JFK, and G- JFK Jr. I'm going to
1: put those yeah. four together on an island somewhere. And I, yeah, I don't think they're dead.
4: No, I think they didn't know how to get out. They needed a way out. They needed and they a way out. Just that's what it comes down to when you're in that spot. And I. I have a little bit of compassion for that. Yeah, you could feel it. Elvis? I would have pretended I, pretend I, I didn't fake sh- my I death. I would have yeah, pretend shot you. St- uh, uh, my, yeah, I can't say this out loud. Oh, come <laughs> on. That's all right. All right. Well, my wife's father did. He did fake his death for a couple of years, but no. You might need to cut that out of the podcast because I don't know. He's, okay, well, he's still living and. That is awesome. Lunch with him a couple days ago. Oh my God. Allegedly. Allegedly.
1: Awesome. Man.
4: He but made, he won't listen to this podcast, we, so I think you're all right. Everyone wishes they had the balls to do something <laughs> like oh that. Oh my uh, God. Dude. You had lunch with a ghost. <laughs> it happens. It happens.
5: <gasps> oh,
4: my. Yeah, we got, we got stories that to tell. That is fantastic. All right, who's next?
1: Uh, Jeff's up. He's the last one. Something crazy that you believe that you, or something that you believe that you think other people Wait, would say Tom? is crazy. Yeah, No, no they haven't got to me yet. He needs, he needs uh, more time. I'm,
4: I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. Cause I have a lot of things. <laughs> I just narrow it down. Trying, I don't want to use one of the ones this, that you all use. You're
1: sifting through them.
2: <laughs> well, Scott and I have argued this, that about, you know, you need to follow the Bible. And I'm like, I'm following the spirit. Ah, okay. And I think there are, Many that would say, "Well, you need to know the Bible," and I'll say, "Well, the the Bible is it's on my heart; it's in the spirit in how we live and and you and, don't and care loved. that much." And most <laughs> Christian,
3: wait, what no, do you no. mean? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I don't don't do care that. about
4: the Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah like well, just that you don't care to like tangibly, learn it
3: and know it. Yeah, you just
4: like because you're like, I got the spirit; that's better.
3: And most Christians would be like, "Dude." You got to at least
2: pick it up a couple times.
4: And which is a
3: good answer to Andy's
4: question.
2: <laughs> and that most and Christians yes. would be like, What are you talking right. about, Jeff? So Just the that's, I think that is something where people would disagree. And that's not the, to say that I don't or have not read a, a couple verses <laughs> from John. Uh, I'm joking, but. That is something that I, I, it's more of affirming like, oh, you know, hey, that's kind of something that's happened in my life or, oh yeah, I, you know, my marriage went south when I, you know, did X, Y, or Z. I mean, it's, it's all, I mean, there's biblical things that happen and that's just, that's just the spirit and that's kind of how I've lived for 11 years and it's been fantastic and people would be like, you can't do that. I love
4: that that about you, Jeff, because you actually, like, like I think so many people, it's so much easier to get hung up on, like, I have to know the Bible, the Bible's the thing, the Bible, but there's so many people that know the Bible, like, theoretically know the Bible and don't know the Spirit. It's like Jesus said, you know, you search the Scriptures to find, you know, the truth, but, like, here I am, and you miss me. And... That's the thing. If God's in you, he will actually lead you. The spirit will lead you into all truth. Jesus said, and in the Bible, he said that. And, uh,
3: Jeff doesn't know. Well, that. that's good he to know. That. Yeah.
4: <laughs> he actually said it. There's a verse. I don't know the, the, the right. address, but somewhere in the latter part of John, but yeah. Right.
0: Now it, no, wait a second. No, no, no. Oh, I said what okay. I said. Now we're on to, now we're on to God. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just, I guess just briefly, it, it might be a misnomer that you're just relying on the spirit, uh, because, Admit you it so you want
2: to make sure that so, people no, know that I have opened the Bible. No That's your objective no, for speaking no, right no, now. No, I believe
0: you that you've only read a couple of verses. It, that's that's apparent. <laughs> it's uh, just experience. <laughs> wow, that's loud. <laughs> that's uh, very loud. Uh, but uh you you're a self ad, you're a self admitted McCarthyist. Um, plus you've sat under Todd's teaching M- for McCarthyist?
4: Like what does that mean?
0: Yeah, about? McCarthyism. John... John uh, McCarthyism. John Mc. Oh, MacArthur. Oh
5: yeah Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay.
4: Hey, MacCarthyism. Oh. It's kind of <laughs> like McCarthyism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Todd. Wow. Grace to you. He, he's <laughs> self admitted. Wow, and he still goes yeah. to my church. I can't believe that. <laughs> no, there's. I'm glad
0: there's he's not a, an elder anymore. It was a funny thing where where. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where, where Jeff Jeff was talking about. I don't know what's going That's on. It's not I don't my is, church anymore. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, the the spirit Jeff is was telling me, run,
2: run. Jeff, out Jeff of this was talking room. about
0: uh, how he listens to this podcast. It's called Grace to You. And then one of us was like, oh, yeah, John MacArthur. And, John, and Jeff's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know who John MacArthur is. We're like, Jeff, dude, you've been listening to Grace to You for how many years? That's John MacArthur. And he but, called, he literally, <laughs> no, he.
3: He literally yeah. called him John McCarthy.
4: Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that's actually yeah. really good. And that's, my, that's cute. my addendum, that's cute. I think it
3: should be this the show should be called Grace to You, except for you. Not you. Not you. Not you. Not you. Except, <laughs> if, you if you're
0: chosen. You, if you're elect. Oh. But not you. Uh, but no, but but uh, yeah, maybe you but I <laughs> you you have you've been exposed to the principles of, sure. of of the Bible. Through what you've listened to, through Todd's messages hope hopefully. <laughs> Um <laughs> and right.
2: also as a as, right. a as also as a, a well growing up in a, a family that went to catholic church and going to uh ccd once yeah, a week whatever whatever that was yeah. um a- anyway there's been exposure
0: right so it's not just like i i just i i would encourage you to not think whatever pops in my head that's the holy spirit that's the extreme that some people fall into. And, hey, Scott, it's aliens. good to have doubts. Yeah, you can't argue with that.
2: You <laughs> yeah. can't argue with that.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I'm going
2: right. to break that. We got to break ties <laughs> with you. <laughs> hey,
4: Todd. I see what all you guys right. are doing. You guys are like the Wesleyan quadrilateral. You're like <laughs> yeah. like uh, tradition, yeah. scripture, reason, yes. and experience all in the room. I like Having it. a conversation. That's
1: right. Oh! Uh, it's only yeah, taken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. how long has the podcast been going wow 188 episodes <laughs> yeah. here we are i've only listened
4: to like seven seven
3: seven of them but well, it's welcome all to right. the first episode of the wesleyan quadrilateral <laughs> yeah
4: featuring Jeff. Yeah.
1: Scott. we're not getting as many listeners it's weird <laughs> wait did we get
0: did you go already
5: Yeah, yes i did thanks
4: did. for listening it's Bi- my turn big right. tupac so shut your trap i yeah. <laughs> he was gonna say pie hole <laughs> i i was but he cleaned I, it up i didn't uh you know, I think all of the, you know, there, there's a lot of people asking questions about the end of the world. And, um, the, you know, when you look at Russia and Putin and you look at.
3: Thank you for using the T. Yes. I, I wanted tea. to put
4: it in there because it sounds a little. Yes. Anyway, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I and, and the pandemics and the changes in the global warming and the things that are happening in the world. And I'm like, there's a lot of people saying it's the end of the world There's all the stuff that's in the Bible. And I don't know if it's the end of the world, but I guarantee you it's not in the Bible because the Bible says nothing about any of this stuff. Mm. Uh, everything the Bible is talking about happened in the first century. It was all what Jesus was talking about. And it's a lot of the reason that people conflate they just, they just get into this sensationalism because fear sells, and so people are all about that. And so many things that Jesus said about the end of the world and about hell were all about the first century, and they happened in the first century. And you need to go back and read your Bible again. And,
3: and just imagine what the original readers would have been thinking. They're not thinking, like, yeah. Just oh, think to yourself. someday
4: people will figure this out. Yeah, they didn't think. Oh, can I write this thing to people in the twentieth? first century so that they can know when the end of the world is going to be? No, Jesus was warning the people that he was talking to about things that were happening in their time. And then people keep conflating it with stuff that's happening in our time because the world keeps repeating itself. We keep doing the same stupid mistakes over and over again. And of course there's wars and evil people and ridiculousness that happens in the world. And it happens in cycles again and again. And, I get really frustrated when people pin it on the Bible and make it as if it's the end of the world. So please. And it might be a self if it, it might the, be. It, it might be the end of the world. Well, no, and, but I was
3: going to say it might be, it, we could make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. We oh. have the ability to destroy
1: the world, we in my could, opinion. Yeah, like, yeah we, like, could,
4: we, we can, could make it the end of the world. We can
1: make it Armageddon. I could be wrong, but it
0: sounds like you're disagreeing with Pat Robertson. That's weird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and, and it's a, yeah. So do you think Rome was destroyed in the first century? Um... Feel like well, Scott's I mean, laying a trap. I am. We yeah. have to <laughs> land the plane though. We, <laughs> depending on your, depending on who the beast is and and whatnot. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But yeah.
4: But yeah. So I mean, that's that's
0: just the simple question that. Comes anyway, from that I don't. That, that the,
4: the question yeah. was what? What do people think that they'll think I'm crazy? And yeah, they think I'm crazy because of that. And you do. I know now, but it's all yeah. right.
0: Crazy. I you're think not you're crazy. crazy too.
4: I I like you, yeah, uh. a little bit, even though you're crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well,
3: in, in and I agree with you, Scott, in the sense that there, I, I believe that you could apply the beast
0: label to a lot of things. You could apply Babylon to a lot of But who of was things. it applied to in the first century? That's my question. And, okay. The
4: empire that was ruling the world at the time. <laughs> Which like is it w- Rome. It would be applied to the United States right now. Well, no, but
0: Rome, yeah. it was applied to Rome in the first century. So if it's applied to Rome in the first century, was Rome destroyed in the first century? That yes. seems to be... A,
4: it was? I mean, in the third century, probably. But not the first century. I mean, like what, well, but it wasn't, it wasn't talking about the beast being destroyed in the first century. Cause it was talking about Jerusalem being destroyed and the whole, you know, temple system and the, but the beast, false prophet and the beast and all of that but BS the, of the religion and politics, but the beast of the, the beast, killing God, which but, is religion and politics killed God. And then God, Flipped it on its head the, the and be- killed them.
0: The beast of Revelation. But he loves them, and he's really well. Nice. But yeah, right. But the beast. The be- <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, uh, but- Hence why right. I'm
4: still crazy. Right, but, right. right, No, but
0: but but yeah. Just the beast of Revelation is that Rome or Jerusalem? I, I so know. regret this whole conversation. <laughs> it's it's
4: it's. I it, it, whether it is or not, it's not. Anybody that's alive today. All right. I mean, but there are lots of beasts. So there are
3: awesome. hey, Do you have one more crazy thing that you don't believe in? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scott. I don't believe right. in the Easter Bunny. Okay. Oh, there we go. That is Whoa. not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All
3: right. All right. Well, do we have, uh, I guess we got a couple minutes to do a consumption. Very quick. Yes. Yeah, very, so very very consumption. What are you, okay? So, Todd, we do this sometimes. What are you consuming, which is like either a book, movie, TV show, Music, anything that's got your attention, it doesn't have to be deep. It could be fun and it'll be obvious whimsical. when we do a couple of these. Yeah, Scott, do you have whimsical? one? I gotta think for a second.
0: Um no, I'm just I'm just going with the fear porn, man. The end of the end of the world, not necessarily tied to eschatology. But don't Google not, not, fear porn. Not not yeah. 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 <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> please don't do that. No, um not, church. not not the end of the world, but just maybe maybe a change in um uh economies or uh, reserve status and not I mean to Todd's point not tied to eschatology necessarily um, it's just some, this is just something that happens in world history of uh, going back to the first century to to uh, Rome and um, empires after that that things change hands and the way that we, experience things isn't necessarily the way that we're always going to experience them. It could happen in our lifetime. We're not exempt. We're not special. Americans are not special. We couldn't, we are used to having food at the grocery store that there may be a time when that's that's not not the case.
2: Scott, how many pounds of food do you have right now stored up?
0: I don't know the pounds, but I think I have, I think I, I've got eight, nine months roughly. And if you care about your family, if you love them, you should have actually no more than you have now. Hey, Whatever If you're you following
2: Jesus, you'll open that door when we come on over and be like, hey, we need like two months yeah, of food. So,
0: so somebody has to Each have the day food. has enough trouble of its <laughs> <laughs> exactly. own. So, somebody, somebody <laughs> Don't fear, but you know. I thought that was a drop. <laughs> 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 exactly.
2: It will, <laughs> be. It will be. It, it uh, will be
0: a new one. Some, somebody has to have the food in order okay. to hey, bless people right, in that's those good. situations. We're landing go the plane. Don't call for
2: me.
1: You go, Andy. I'll go very quickly. I dove back into community. On Netflix, Community is one of the best sitcoms. We've been doing that with the kids. That has ever been written, and it's so funny. And your son was over, and we were all watching it together and all laughing so hard. We were, like, crying. Nice. Community's great.
3: Nice. Well, I, I I watched... I don't think I mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again if I did. The Adam Project on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds. It's time. It's got time travel uh, and, like, interesting father-son dynamics mixed with younger son and older version of himself at the same time that plays, it touches all the nostalgia feels for me, uh, mix in with like some of the questions of like, what would you do if you could tell your kid? And does that even matter? Because your kid has to go through life or your son, not your son, but your younger self would have to go through life anyway to learn and become who you are. And so it's, it's a really smart movie and it's fun and funny and, uh, it's uh, better, better than most like Netflix originals. Are it.
0: they going to listen? I think that's what Todd, Todd Right, Todd right. You can't, you can't learn <laughs>
2: yeah. without doing it yourself.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm consuming the Bible. No,
2: you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Blast! You yeah. no, consumed that <laughs> microphone <laughs> just now. Good Sorry. Lord. I'm not Blast of a me poking of the fun. The Holy Spirit. Uh, the Coddling <laughs> of the American Mind. I got it. The Coddling of the American Mind. Uh, uh, it's a great book. Yeah. Um I started to read it, and uh, that's out Height the too, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, Greg
3: Lukianoff, I think. Yeah,
2: and it's intriguing. So more to come,
3: Doctor John. It's great. We're reading it slowly with the kids, and hopefully get 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 through it before they're all in. College. Are you serious? Yeah, because I think it's God, so important. You're amazing.
2: Well, it's going very slowly because right. it's boring. The for a fact kid. that you're sitting down with your kids and doing that makes me feel like a failure as a father. It you, Mostly, doesn't work, Jeff. So fear not. Like I, you're I still a horrible father to do that to your kids.
1: That's great, Todd. What do you consuming?
4: Yeah, made him Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> I've been. I read a book called Published, and uh, I've been following self-publishing school by this guy wow. named uh, Chandler, somebody or other. I should probably remember his last name. That's I, cool, though. It's hard to. You're getting ready to write some books. I'm, 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 Planning to write some books, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to try to find a publisher or self-publish or what I'm doing. But I, yeah, I'm trying to learn. So Go talk to, w- we know I'm a guy.
1: We know a guy.
4: Okay, I'll talk to your guy,
1: who will at least just uh, talk you through some.
4: I love talking to guys, whatever things. the guy and is. He's a great that's got guy. Thing. He's the I best of the all the guy guys. That's got the thing.
1: Let's talk.
3: <laughs> all nice. Right. Okay. Hey, well, I'm so glad before you you uh, left town, like we got you in person, and and real quick, I did want to say on On the Sunday services or the Sunday before Palm Sunday, people were sharing and Lisa's like, you got to go up. And I knew I had to go up, but I, I just couldn't go regret. up to, to say anything. And I think it's better that I waited uh, oh, because I probably would have, I might've pissed myself a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. terrible at speaking in front of people, which is why I started a podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. But having the Mountain View community for all these years, been going for 18 plus years and you've seen us bring life into the world. You've, you've been with us as we buried our son and, um, navigated. I mean, you've helped me indirectly just absorb things and navigate my own faith changes in a way that, uh, probably would have been less healthy had we not been at Mountain View. Um, so, Lisa and I and the girls, but especially Lisa and I, we just really appreciate the things, the time you've given, uh, to Mountain View. And, uh, it was just fostering that community. You were a big part of the community that is and has become, and will continue to be Mountain View. There's a legacy there. And, it, Listener, if you don't have community, it doesn't have to be a church if church is not for you, but if you can find community, like, I don't know what we would have done through some of the most difficult times in our, in our life. And I just appreciate that you walked us through that. And uh, thank you. And I'm looking forward to what's next. We'll have you on again when you got something to promote or if you've got some passion to talk about, but I'm going to stop there before I start crying. So thank you.
2: <laughs>
4: Amen. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love you and I love your family and I It's a pleasure to get to be your pastor as hard as all of this stuff is and lots of it. There's so much that's rich and I would have never, I can't imagine my life any other way up until this point. So thank you. It's been beautiful.
0: Awesome. You're welcome. Todd? <laughs> no, just kidding. No, that was a beautiful moment. You, I, I probably ruined it.
1: Well, listener, thank you very much for <laughs> no, tuning in. Thanks for sticking out all, all, all the way to the end. And if you want to get in touch with us on all the socials, it's at brosbiblesbeer. You can email us brosbiblesbeer at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, slash bbbpod. Scott's still single. He's still Scott single. At bro, Scott at Obviously,
3: brosbiblesbeer.com. Yeah.
4: And he's got plenty of stuff saved up if you need food. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a
0: selling point. <laughs>
4: it's a selling point. Thank you, Todd. Are you a
0: hungry
1: lady <laughs> <laughs> oh interested in theology? Do you want to know about the deeper things of yeah. God? And also, are you partial to rice? Are you are you in, <laughs> are you in fear of the end of the world? <laughs> well, let Scott comfort you in his arms and bags of rice and beef. Hey, Zach. Grace, peace, cheers. Grace, peace, cheers. <laughs> Love you guys. Uh, are you a hungry lady yeah. interested, in- <laughs> 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 interested in theology? Do you want to know about the deeper things of yeah. God? And also, are you partial to rice? Are you? Are you? <laughs>